MCs and OC. Y'all know what it is. Welcome to the breakdown. This is where the game found analytics first down. And a few inches, your players on the bench. The coaches start to huddle when you need a thirst quench. Oh, see, throwing hands, one a million in the squad. Lorenzo hit the league, 15 years on the job. Made the Pro Bowl twice. Your boy go nice, Zachariah on the fadeaway. Represent the day to day, struggle and the grind. Keep the hustle on your mind. We balling on the court, read the signs of our times, whether cultural or politic, chopping up the lotto pit, get it popping, partner when we weaving in and out of it, it's on topic, in sync, tell you what we think, let the thoughts link, let the truth sink, yeah, yeah, let the thoughts link, yeah, yeah, let the truth sink. Welcome to the break. Damn, this is where the game found analytics first. Two Z's and OC. Welcome to the break. Damn, this is where the game found analytics first. Down. All right, you should be able to hear me now, right? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, for sure. Yeah, man, I'm good. How was your Thanksgiving? Well, we're well. I mean, we just did it real small at the house. Me and the kids, my wife, and my mom so kept it real small nice so how do you treat thanksgiving do you do like a meal and then you take a break and like a maybe a little nap and then another meal or do you just go really hard and then stop all the way like how do you approach it how do you attack yeah, the day eating yeah. well? it's been different for me because this is my first year where i could just go in all the way in and not really worry about <laughs> oh you know, wait and stuff like that yeah. wait and getting <laughs> fined on fridays and you know being ready to play a game so i'm still feeling my way out as far as what my routine is gonna be man but i'm not as big as i used to back in the day man i could throw down you know, and I'll start that joint up early. You know, my grandmother, uh, when she was alive, had some stuff that was already done. And I start nitpicking in the morning, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. And then we normally have our real meal. And then we would go outside and play or whatever when I was, you know, young, play hoop or play some flag football or what, two-hand touch. And then come back in and do it again. But now it's changed. I mean, I feel like I'm getting old. I only can eat so much. And I'm like, man, I'm full. And I have to feel like I'm stuffing myself these days. But still figuring it out. But it was good. You know, Wait, getting so, to do with the family and stuff. So, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. The fact that you have to watch your weight as an athlete. Like I said, you hear it a lot in boxing and stuff like that. But I never thought about the fact that for Thanksgiving, you can't just do whatever you want, even if you guys work out a ton. And it would seem like you'd burn it all off. Yeah, I mean, but even if you ain't working out like that during the season, you know, you get ready for a game, not trying to train to get ready to play football. So it's, it's different. And then plus, you know, you hold on all that extra weight. And so a couple of days later, you could technically feel still kind of sluggish depending on who you are. I mean, I know guys that used to gain like 15 pounds. And so, you know, it's really not optimal to do that going into playing the game. And so it, it did for that in my career, you know, whether my coach was Friday, but I've seen guys, you know, they used to have challenges, especially the old linemen. And so, you know, you get out there and then you feel like why you feel like crap, you know, it's all that turkey and stuff in it, yams that you had yeah. leading up to the game. Yeah. yeah. So you can feel it on Sunday. Sometimes yeah. a day's not enough. Nah, especially depending on how bad you went in. And, you know, yeah. like 15 pounds. I mean, you you hold that for at least a day, a day and a half because you're not working out. Because Friday yeah. is a walkthrough. Saturday, you don't do anything. Yeah. And you got Sunday. So you could technically have another 10 pounds that's just sitting on you from Thanksgiving. And so, yeah, you know, I, I mean, guess it's crazy. when you're competing at the highest level, it's a lot different. Cause like for most people, I'm assuming that they eat big on Thursday by Sunday, they're cool, but they're also not going up against yeah, other gladiators and playing a crazy right. sport. Yeah. Right. yeah. Their competition is different. I mean, you either talking, you're writing, you're sitting at a desk, but you don't, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have to go run and try to compete and be at <laughs> yeah. your best physically. Well, my Thanksgiving was great. The problem is I had too many of them. I have my best friends, on Wednesday, I had my brothers on Thursday, then my ladies on Friday, and then I, I just, it was just too much food. I was just getting to the point where it's like, I don't even know where it's going. Like, it felt like it was getting up to yeah. my neck. <laughs> it was too much. And it was all three people are people that get offended if you don't eat everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know people like that, but like, you can't just say, I'm going to eat like a small plate or whatever. Like, they look at what you eat and they want to make right. sure that you eat everything that's on your plate. 
Yeah, yeah. You don't like it? What's up? What's wrong? <laughs> Good? You okay? Yeah, I know to get y'all get all those questions. But yeah, yeah. So, so, man, I mean, the first probably five or six things I put on my plate was straight carbs. You know, I don't eat a lot of carbs. So from mashed potatoes, yams, to dressing or stuffing, whatever you want to call it, to yeah. cornbread, souffle. I mean, I had everything on my plate stacked up high. So, yeah, I definitely had a good time. That's what's up. Yeah. And then on Thursday, I was with my nieces and nephews who I hadn't seen in a couple of weeks because I had to quarantine because I went to Florida and Michigan, as you joke, trying to catch the Rona. Um, so <laughs> yeah. so I, I hadn't seen them in a while and I was happy to see them. And we were talking. It was getting late. I may or may not have had a few glasses of wine, but we made a plan to watch college football on Saturday because he loves college football. And his mom lets him watch a little bit of it, but not like a ton. But he was like, no, let's make a day of it or whatever. And so I woke up on Friday and I was like, I wonder if that's still going to happen. And then Friday night, I texted my sister-in-law. I'm like, hey, is Jackson still coming tomorrow? Like, oh, yeah, it's not an option. It's all he's been talking about. So he came over Saturday. We watched college football. And I actually wanted to ask you this because you don't realize how violent the sport of football is until you watch it with a kid because yeah. I've watched it my whole life. And I, I mean, yeah, there used to be the segment jacked up. You remember on ESPN? Oh yeah. 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 They got rid of that. That was like all the hard hits from the weekend. PC. Yeah. They're all politically <laughs> correct now. Right. Yeah. yeah. They got rid of that. Once the concussion stuff popped up, but I never realized how many times, cause he would go, uncle Zach, he's hurt. Uncle Zach, he's getting carted off. Uncle Zach, He's getting hurt. He it like he must have point. It felt like I mean it was probably only you know ten times or something, but it felt like fifty. Right. right and yep. So I, and that's why I told him I said yeah that's why you're playing touch for a long time. And then I told him about you and how you yep. told me about how your kids aren't going to play tackle until a certain point. You yeah, know it's real, man. And I, I mean I can even say that for myself. I mean I was talking with my boy Michael Thomas, who is plays safety for the Houston Texans, Pro Bowler, special teams cat. And so we were just chopping it up. I was like, dude, man, y'all crazy, man. I can't believe some of the stuff we used to do when we're out on the field. Because now that I've stepped back, you watch what guys are doing. It's like I can't even see myself running through somebody that weighs 300 pounds, <laughs> let alone 250, yeah. running down on kickoff at, you know, 100 miles an hour trying to make yeah. a tackle. I just The game is crazy. And if you yeah. really just take a step back and you remove yourself from this, like, this is this is ridiculous. But you do what you do because you love the game. So yeah. I, I feel your nephew. I'm right there with him. It, it is a violent game. And yeah, you see guys, especially in this year, there's a ton of guys going down. Yeah, and it's so tough because the part that makes you cringe is also the part that you love about it. And he he loves the game. Like we after we watched college football, he made me I watched more college football on Saturday than I have probably Sound all like year. Son. Yeah, he he was like back-to-back -back games. He was asking me to put on random, like, it wasn't even Miami. It was Miami of Ohio he wanted me oh, to put right. on. He, so, and then we went and played at the park afterwards, and he loves the game in terms of running and, you know, catching the ball or, you know, throwing the ball and stuff like that. And so when I told him, I said, well, you might want to think about whether or not you play football because you see all these guys get injured. He goes, well, I'll be a quarterback or a wide receiver, and I'll just juke them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like nephew, uh, Michael Vick was the best juker in the world. He still got laid out. Like you'll still get laid out no matter how good you are thinking that you're yeah. avoiding people and stuff like that. But anyways, overall, it was a good holiday. Glad to hear that yours yeah. was oh, too. Did you get a chance to watch that? You missed your Saturday. You get a chance to watch that fight Saturday night, the whole undercard and stuff, but I enjoyed it. It met my expectations, you know, with really? Tyson. And yeah, I mean, we, I'm not thinking they're going to be Tyson when he was 20 and okay. uh, Roy Jones when he was at the, the peak. Okay. What they showed me, I mean, I, and I really love the whole thing, right? I love the way they made it like a concert, had like YG, Snoop performing. Snoop, yeah, Snoop yeah. commentating by itself was enough <laughs> for me to watch it. He was hilarious. Yeah. And then, my, then our man, you know, he's from the Bay, but I got to give him a shout out. Old Nate Robinson go out oh. there and get knocked out. Oh. And all the memes that came from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a shout out, Lorenzo. <laughs> that's a knockout that you just gave yeah, no, him. because. Nah, it's a shout out. He went out there and something I would never do. I would never jump in the no, ring with somebody. I, I mean, hey, I'm you giving a shout been, out for having that heart. You would have been better off not mentioning it because that was embarrassing. And there was, yeah, the memes were hilarious. Uh, I, first of all, I didn't know about any of it. Apparently, this white guy is out here just fighting random people on YouTube, he's and a, now he's, he's famous. He's a YouTuber that wants to actually get – he fights other YouTubers, but now he wants to actually make it his craft. He really okay. wants to box and kind of go up the ranks. Okay, so I knew about the Tyson fight, but my yeah. boys were like, oh, 
Robinson got knocked out. And I was like, who's Robinson? They're like, Nate Robinson. I'm like, wait, the small dude that won the slam dunk contest or whatever? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, why is Nate Robinson fighting? <laughs> They're like, why not? Anyways, I didn't even know that Nate Robinson was fighting. I didn't know about the prelim. I did know about the main one with Roy Jones and Tyson. Right, right. And I found it funny that afterwards, Roy Jones, who I think if I had to have given the fight to one person, I would have given it to Tyson. I think he landed more heavy punches. Yeah. But Roy Jones seemed more upset about the draw than Tyson was. And he said... Now I know what it feels like to get hit by Tyson, and it's not fun. And then he said, I know he wants to do a part two. He's like, but I don't even know if I have it in me because I can't imagine being 50-whatever-years-old and training for, like, a legit fight. Yeah, you could definitely tell Tyson put in more work just by the conditioning, the way he looked. Roar was blowed after the first round, and he was only (laughs) fighting two minutes. So he took it more as, like, a charity benefit thing. Tyson was locked in. And if they yeah. didn't have that knockout clause, Tyson could have knocked him out. He had like four or five opportunities where he kind of came under and had a right hook to him but didn't throw yeah. it because of the knockout clause. Yeah. It was fun to watch, and then Snoop made it fun for me. And, you know, he was out hanging out with a couple of guys, so it was good. Yeah, no, Snoop was posting a bunch of stuff, basically retweeting, telling Major, and I would not put it past them. I don't think it's going to happen because most big corporations like that don't take chances like they would on something like Snoop. But if it did happen, he would be the only person to do it. Keep in mind, this is a guy who lived out of his car and was a crip at 18 and then started making music. And then next thing you know, he's got a TV show with Martha Stewart. So I wouldn't put anything, I wouldn't put anything past him though, but he ended up putting up clips where he joined the Kings, the LA Kings hockey broadcast. He joined yeah. the Lakers broadcast. He's joined all these different sports where he's doing commentary and play by play. Now, I don't think he would be a great play by play guy, but he would be perfect to color. color. Yeah. yeah, color. I mean, he was hilarious, man. He was awesome. And he knows so I could see him, yeah, see him doing stuff like a game, like a season, but like events like this. Oh, like yeah. All star yeah. stuff yeah. like that, or he's a guest analyst for a game here and there. Yeah. I can see him doing and, you know, being good just because he has so much stuff going on to commit to something like that is a big undertake. But I can see him doing like boxing, MMA, you know, all star game, just doing more stuff like that, doing a guest, like doing a season, random game because he, he is good. He knows the stuff and he's funny too. Yeah. I mean, I, I always knew he was charismatic. And he was funny. I didn't realize how much he knew. Like, he takes his – he's a Steelers fan. He takes his sports super seriously. And when he put up the clip about him joining the Lakers broadcast, he was breaking down something that I had thought of before that about Anthony Davis in his mid-range game and how in basketball there's not a lot of mid-range game in general. You either get a dunk or you shoot a three. And he was breaking all that down. My damn phone. I got to just cut this thing off. I don't even know who these people are. (laughs) Only one that still has a landline. But, yeah, I mean, when he was breaking all that stuff down and he knew some hockey, I'm like, I don't even know hockey. (laughs) But, yeah, he could be good. And, yeah, I could see him expanding that role. Again, I I think most people in big corporations would be too afraid to take a chance on giving him something like on a regular basis. But I could definitely see what you're saying, like him doing special events and stuff like that. But, yeah, but that was cool. Anytime you can get something like I'm pretty much a sucker. I'm not a huge MMA fan. I'm not a huge boxing fan. But I watched Tyson a lot growing up, and you haven't really had a star like that since then. But I'll I'll watch a McGregor fight just because of the spectacle. And, yeah, that was fun just to have as part of the weekend as well. All right, well, let's get into the NFL week. And specifically, this has been the worst for the NFL in terms of COVID. The embarrassment that was the Denver Broncos quarterback situation Apparently, they all met to watch film, and none of them wore masks or whatever. They all ended up getting it. All three were put on the COVID list. They had to promote, I guess would be the word, or I would say punish before I'd say promote. (laughs) A guy that barely played any quarterback and last played it in college, and obviously his performance was not great. And now we're looking at the Ravens-Steelers game being the first game to be postponed for the third time. So number one, you chose the right year to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've thought about that yet, but you chose the right year to retire. <laughs> yeah, it would have been crazy trying to play through all these COVID protocols, and I couldn't imagine. It if this was last year, I probably would have played another year because it would have messed it up so much. Like my you kids, didn't want to go out like that. Yeah. Go out like that with the kids, the family being a part of it. I probably would have had to play one more year just so I could experience it with the family the way I wanted to. So maybe COVID happened in the wrong year because then I could have got paid for another year, which would have been better. 
<laughs> That's true. Always follow the money. But no, I yeah. wanted to ask you, how hard is it just in general, being an NFL player, the amount of film that you have to review, uh, your playbook that you have to study, all the walkthroughs, all the different protocols that you go through on a weekly basis, and now all of a sudden you've got this monkey wrench thrown into right. it where you're getting a guy who does not play quarterback getting promoted to quarterback. Now, I think the NFL, in part, didn't work with the Broncos because they blatantly broke it and they wanted to make an example out of them or you know punish them or whatever. But just as an NFL player, can you even imagine the amount? Like I'm assuming maybe a Thursday night game throws a little bit of a monkey wrench into your plans, right? Or if you play right. on Thanksgiving or if you have a Sunday night game as opposed to a Sunday yeah. day game. or like I'm sure yeah. all those different things throws the routine off, but this so? Yeah, the biggest thing with this thing is is that the unpredictability about it, right? So you already have the protocols and you know what you're supposed to be out at this point as far as whether or not you can meet in person, meet you know at home, or however your team has decided to structure it. But you could do everything right. Obviously, the Broncos didn't. And then get hit with something where you got the whole entire room can now no longer play because they all contracted COVID. And so now what do you do as a football team, a coaching staff, and the rest of the guys? Now you got to go out there knowing that you essentially about to lose this game because you don't have anybody that can throw the ball, really even hand it off or any of those type of things at a high enough level to give you a chance to play. So it's it's more disheartening and discouraging in a lot of ways because it is so hard to play a football game and you have to do everything so right. And then for a group of men to decide not to do it, it's just, it's, I mean, it hurts because you put so much on the line. I think organizations probably could have done a better job of just having, like, I know some teams have decided to like have a court because a quarterback is the most integral part, right? You mm -hmm. can't find the guy and they say, Hey, get back there and do it. Like maybe you can have a tackle play center or a center go out and play tackle. That's an easier transition than having a receiver play quarterback. Should have thinking about, and every time I'm surprised every team isn't doing this, is having a quarterback that is on your practice squad that does not come to anything. He may even be in a different city, and all he does is sitting on meetings, and he'll go throw, find somebody in his city to go throw balls with. And then so if you do have an issue like this where you have a quarterback out, you can at least bring somebody in that plays the position, that has an understanding of the game plans and know what's going on, Versus trying to train a kid up and put him in a in a situation where he can potentially hurt himself or somebody else by throwing his cut, he throw flat, which should never be thrown, and gets a guy jacked up, right? And so those different things where I think a team could have probably done a better job preparing themselves in case of a quarterback room, knowing that at some point you're going to have the percentage of somebody getting COVID in a room like a quarterback room is very high at this stage, especially when you see things getting spiked around the country. Yeah, it makes you wonder why with the amount of money. I mean, yeah. let's keep it real. The NFL yeah. makes money hand over fist, which means all these teams are making money hand over fist. And you would think, like, I understand that if possible, right, like even in the workplace now, people are realizing you don't necessarily have to go to the office. But yeah. if having face-to-face -face interaction is going to end up being a benefit to you and what you're trying to do, not necessarily right. 100%, necessary you know but it in general i think there are benefits to it but you would think that these teams would go okay well the last thing that we can have is our first second and third string quarterbacks going out so right th the way that we're going to move forward is and this goes for every position really i mean if you're working with your third string right or your fourth string right tackle you're screwed so you would think that they would just do things separately just to ensure, and maybe they got comfortable enough weeks had gone by and they just thought like, hey, we're good, we're straight. But you just can't risk that situation where you have a guy going yeah. out there and looking. I mean, I honestly, I felt bad for him. And I was listening to some show and they were talking about the best of the week or something like that. And they actually used him as the example because not because of how he performed, because that was really bad. Right. I mean, thir <laughs> right. Thir 13 yeah. yards passing, a literal zero QBR. But they were just saying the fact that he went out there and did it. And I'm kind of on that same play because you put him in such a bad spot. I mean, Zoe, if you had been practicing your whole life doing something else and then all of a sudden they asked you to play like left tackle on the offensive line, or I get you could have done that because you did that in high school. They asked you to play DB or something. I don't know. Something that you had never done. How? I mean, that would be impossible. I don't know if it would be impossible. I know I'd have been a A, a Brandon Bean. That's who I play for, you know, the GM of the bill. I, I, I need a raise for this week. You need, to, I, you need to kick me a little extra, a little something, something, because this ain't, this ain't what I signed up for, bro. Quarterback? 
<laughs> like Mac Dre, not about. my job, not my job, right. not my job, bro. You need to, you need to hit me with something for putting my life, you know, in my career essentially, and who I am on the line for this team. You need to hit me up with a little extra, some extra ducats. But I think to your point, I think they did get comfortable, and I think knowing that you're positive every single day because you get tested every day in the NFL, and so you know they probably got tested. They were negative the day before and thought it was okay, but not understanding really how the virus works, right? So you yeah, can be I mean, negative one day, next day positive, or become infectious and not even know it. And so they have to continue to be vigilant within these organizations, and the messaging has to be consistent at all times. You can't allow your players to get comfortable, and then you have to set up. I don't know. Was the, I don't even know the whole. Was it outside of the facility they decided to get together? No, I believe it was inside for film study. But yeah, none of them, exactly. none of them wore masks or whatever, and they weren't six feet apart. But I mean, they don't wear masks, and they're not six feet apart when they're on the field. And I'm sure the backup quarterback is conferring with the starting quarterback right. about yeah. previous drives if they punt or score a touchdown or whatever. So I mean, I don't know. The thing that kills me though is anytime somebody tries to tell me that they know anything about the virus. Okay, I mean, yes, there there is some information that you can gather or whatever, but in general, we don't know bleep. Like some people will go. Oh, I went to this, so I must have got it. No, you could have got it over there, or you could have got right. it over here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody you don't knows. know where you got it from. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was people that were wiping down their groceries when it came, you know, yeah. with disinfectant. <laughs> yeah. They're not doing that anymore. You could get right. it anywhere. So, I mean, it's like the only thing I know is that I don't know anything. And so yeah. when I hear people, you know, and it's like why you just – you can't get comfortable with it. I don't think you need to drive yourself crazy about it crazy, either. Crazy, right, yeah, but, yeah, but just but, simple basic things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so – Anyways, um, your testing wants uh, actually leads me to my next point, but we have to finish up a poll here. And once again, you are triumphant, but <laughs> yeah, of course, not, but not by as much as you would have thought. It's fifty-seven to forty-three. The question I mean, was: yeah. Is Taysom Hill athletic by NFL standards? And yeah. he was he was not athletic as he only had. 78 yards yeah. passing and a 33.8 QBR well, in that same Broncos game. Athleticism doesn't translate to playing the position of quarterback. That's not – you cannot equate the two at all because there are guys that are uber-athletic but can't play quarterback and throw the ball well. I mean, I can even use Lamar Jackson, right? He's uber-athletic, but he's not mm -hmm. the best passer in the league. Yeah. So it doesn't translate to playing that position. And half them folks don't even know what – athletic standards in the league are that 43 percent they think they could probably get out there and do something and say oh i could have done that better <laughs> you know so yeah please do you get that a lot from like regular people that say stuff that they think that they could do or whatever and you're just like you're yeah. out of your mind do you get that a lot because you yeah. brought that up with commentators too so i feel like this is a common theme with it is i mean people say stuff in a vacuum because they know they don't have to go out there and do it. You know, nobody's ever going to say, well, go out there. You're not going to never have a chance to go and compete with a whole bunch of NFL athletes. But, I, you know, I'll call people out. Hey, man, let's go do something. Let's go cover me. And I'm not even an NFL receiver, right? Cover me or block me or get past me, you know, whatever it may be. And let's see it. Then they normally pipe down real quick. Uh, so, <laughs> so does you know, that I make you... Because of that, does that make you not say to other people in different fields that you think that you oh, could yeah. do with that? Yeah, because you oh, know. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I know. I mean, just like being a play-by-play -play or color guy, something that I want to do, I know you have to get reps headed to be able to do it at a high level. Yeah. Uh, so I always have respect for people's craft and what they do. doesn't mean that I may not criticize the decision they may make based on something I have, but I'm never going to say, oh, oh, that dude is trash or he can't play or I would have done this. You know, I think it's a way about coming across respectfully without acting like you could do it better than they could because you can't. Yeah, my favorite example, it's not the best example. The best example is like, you know, fighting or playing sports or something that requires like an insane amount of athleticism. That's the yeah. best example. But my favorite example is when people say that they could be stand-up comics. That like, oh, yeah. I, I'm funny. I could do that. You have no idea the pressure and what goes on when you have to stand in front of a crowd and make them laugh and what you're right. risking if you're not funny. But you'll hear people all the time be like, I could be a comedian. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> no, that's a skill set, man. That's talent. I mean, that, I mean, that's the same thing as being athletic. It's the same thing. You well, know, just, it's just – but it's not being athletic. I mean, I mean in the same – a vein of you have something special and different about you yeah. and there is their ability to be funny that's a talent 
athleticism mm-hmm. is a talent or a gift that you've been given. And you can tell people that are more natural at it than others and people that have to really work at it. It's the same thing. Unlike, I, you know, some things are easier to obtain. I, funny is one of the things that is, I think is off the chart, but I think if I worked at it, I could become a great writer. Or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Or I, I see what you're afraid. saying. Like like a right, lawyer, a lawyer. If, if you study hard enough, you can be a lawyer. If you study hard enough, even if it takes you forever, you could be a doctor right. or whatever. You're saying right. athleticism and being a, is more of a gift that you're given. Gift, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then you yeah. can just cultivate whatever that gift. But yeah, yeah, anybody can do some of those other things if you get in the books and study and put the time in. So the transition, you're getting your reps in, you're becoming a natural. Your transition talking about testing I wanted to bring up, I was going to do it a little bit later, but let's do it now. The positive test for the Texans, Fuller and Roby have both been suspended six games for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing substances. And my first reaction, and I think it's probably the common reaction for any common fan that follows football is BS, right? Because you know what you're putting. I mean, back in the day, there was no testing for baseball. Everybody was taking steroids. Then it got to the point where guys would get popped for taking steroids. And some people said I was taking this because of that or whatever. So I think mostly the common fan looks at that and goes, BS, you tried to get away with sin and you didn't. The more I thought about it today is you could be taking stuff that you don't think will get you popped. Like you could be genuinely naive to it and still do it. But I just wonder, like, I don't know what substances you took or your teammates took or whatever, but like how much do you have to run it through, you know, a bunch of different steps before you make sure like, cause what I would do, I would just, I would go to whoever tests you and I'd go, Hey, I'm about to take this. Is this good? And then I'd be able to say, he told me I could take it. Right. So people do do that. They do have protocols and and outlets where you can call, they have a hotline number, they have all these different things they do uh, that you can call but because like protein and vitamins and all that stuff is not regulated by the fda you they can still technically have a substance that you can't take so like some of these big time things you see in gnc like they'll mix something that has bad stuff in it and they'll mix it up in a container obviously do it and then put like a different product in it without properly cleaning that container and so you have some remnants of some stuff that you it could be like a regular whey protein that you get from gnc that could be contaminated and so then you go to take it boom you popped that happened right you could also somebody could tell you something in that you trust and they're not familiar with what's on the, the list and you can get popped this may be which is a, a new big biggest thing because i kind of just saw the a quick article and it talked about a doctor subscribing something to you you still have to get a tue and a lot and that's a a temporary use exemption uh that the nfl have put out and a lot of times especially in today's nfl it's around adderall and so because adderall helps you lock in and focus and most people you know kind of in that add add hd yes kind of thing Students take, take it, it a lot, focus, right, for studying right. for finals and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm, and I don't know what it is, and they say substance abuse, so they don't really tell you what they took, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe it's Adderall, right, because the doctor subscribed it, you got a TUE, but the, if you don't get the TUE and go through NFL and you take it and you get popped, you get popped. Or mm-hmm. if you take something else that's on it and the training room guy didn't get down, like, a, I don't know, some type of steroid that they had to give you for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you'll get popped. And so this TUE is there for guys that, Want to take Adderall that need it. They've been tested for it. Uh-huh. Um, and so then the doctor subscribes it and the NFL knows. But let's say you try to game the system, right? And you and you game it and they say, cool, you can have it. And then for some reason, you stop taking that Adderall mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because you really don't need it, but you game the system. And mm-hmm. that'll get you flagged too for a positive test. Oh, so you didn't really need it. You were faking this out. So this is what I'm saying. So if you get if you go through the medical profession and get your TUE, and let's say you subscribe for Adderall and you game the system and you take it, boom, 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 boom. They want to make sure it's still in your system because you said you need to take it. Really? Yeah. So if you don't take it and they and they test you and they don't find it in your system, you'll get popped. Wow. Hang on, hang on. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me let you finish. I'll ask after. and And then the other way, if you don't get the TUE, but you're taking it. And because some guys take it in the offseason, if you take it in the offseason, it's not considered performance enhancing because you're not playing the game. It's not giving you an edge or anything. You may be using it for training, but gotcha. it's not giving you an edge 
for that game where you mentally focus and lock in yeah. that's giving you a, a different advantage. And so you then so so some guys have in the past taken Adderall without a TUE and then they get popped because it gives you a mental advantage over your opponent because you're able to, you know, play through adversity or pressure and not lose focus like your counterpart who's not taking it maybe. Okay. So let me back up because I'm fascinated by this. You said you could get that, right? You get the pass, you take it, but then they want it to be in your system. Now, let's say I had a headache, and so I got a pass to take Tylenol, but then my head stopped hurting, and so I wasn't taking Tylenol anymore. Why would I get popped for not taking the Tylenol after I didn't need it? That's different. Tylenol is different. That's something that is not – if you you get a subscribed Adderall, which is several steps above Tylenol – No, I know. I was just using a dumbed-down example, a day-to-day example. Because it's different. That's like comparing apples and oranges. Adderall is like taking, for somebody that has ADHD, from what I've been told from a guy that actually has it and needs it and has a TUE and goes through it, it's like uh, insulin for someone that's diabetic, right? You just don't stop taking insulin if you are diabetic. So if you stop taking it, they're like, why you stop taking it? You need this in order to function day to day to live a productive life. That's why we gave you this TUE. That's why your doctor has prescribed it because for you to have great mental stability, for you to be a good father or a teammate or to live just regular life, you need Adderall in your system. So why have you stopped taking it? If you stop taking it, then that means you were lying to us and you were trying to game the system. And so they, it's, a, it's a way of creating accountability for you not to game the system. Have you seen the Bradley Cooper movie Limitless? Yes. Where he, okay, so he stumbles into this. For the person that hasn't seen it that's listening, he stumbles into a bag of pills, basically. He takes it, and all of a sudden, he's laser-focused. It's almost like Adderall, but probably times 10 or whatever. What, I, what I'm not understanding about what you're saying, I get that it's you know way stronger than Tylenol or whatever, and if you get prescribed for it, and like your friend, he needs it, that's all fine and dandy. But if you do that, and then let's just say your friend all of a sudden didn't take it and just didn't need it or whatever, I just don't know why the NFL would come down on you for not i understand what you're saying it might be gaming the system or whatever but maybe maybe some people need it and then don't no no i mean you they take you through a process to even say if you need it you just don't if you get prescribed adderall in this realm i'm not just saying for anybody in the and get a tue for it it's something that essentially you are dependent on it and it may be a that may be a too strong word i don't want to make it seem like people are addicts but you need this in order to be able to have a productive life so that you're focused mentally and all that and you can do things productively if that happens to change for you then that means you've had a conversation with your doctor and went back in now if you go back in and say hey doc i think i'm feeling great and then you do that and go through the right protocol then cool but if you just stop just willy-nilly i'm done i'm not taking it they're going to assume that you game the system yeah it's okay. the same way just so you can't lie and get out of it so you it's like a, a contract you want it we, you say you need it your doctor says you need it okay you need it so don't be trying to back up off of it if things haven't changed for you and if, if things have changed you have to go through the proper medical channels to get your status changed okay all right one last question on this and then we'll actually get to the play on the field we'll do rapid fire through the games you played 15 years in the league i'm assuming you had multiple teammates get popped i don't think you ever got popped i mean i i usually see you when you when you come up in the news i usually see it you know what i mean when i saw you on the field i would yeah and i took took protein vitamins and stuff i even had teammates didn't take nothing because they were too scared but i normally took things they actually have like companies that go through a process to where they actually get a certification that says this is not contaminated. And those are the companies you have to pay a little bit more, but those are the companies that I tend to use. So it was verified that if you took it from then, the NFL, you, you wouldn't have an issue. But I'm yeah. assuming you had teammates that got popped. In general in the yeah. NFL, or, or at least maybe you knew somebody that did, what percentage of the players that get popped do you think were going into it without intentions? What percentage of the people were trying to get away with something? What's your guess? Uh, I would say the majority of guys know what they're doing. Um, and there's a couple of guys... They get popped, like, for example, and I know Ben Watson has shared this. Ben Watson, the guy that I know very well, got popped when he he thought he was going to retire, did some stuff to make his body feel better because he wasn't going to play. Then he decided to play, but he had took a, like, technically, I could have kept getting drug tested up until March of this year, right? Mm-hmm. Because even though I said I was going to retire, my contract didn't end until March of this year. 
if I would have decided, knowing that I wasn't going to play next season, hey, I'm going to start taking some of this testosterone or whatever to make my body feel better, to help rejuvenate. And then I got tested. And before my contract ended, I would have technically popped. I would have got tested positive, right? And so if I decided, oh, let me change my mind, I, I actually do want to play, then the NFL would have implemented a band on me or a suspension in August or September. But in my mind, I was done, but I changed my mind because I missed the game. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Ben's situation was, right? So you have guys that kind of fall into that. Also, I forgot the it was a pass rusher for the Colts a couple of years. He wanted to have kids, so but he had to take a steroid to help him, but it was banned. So he took the steroid because I want to have kids, but the yeah. NFL stopped <laughs> yeah. So you got those type of situations. And then you yeah. have situations where guys are hurt, injured. Hey, I'm going to take this. Allah, his name was Castillo, got drafted by the San Diego Chargers first. I had an elbow, took it. I know he knew what was going on because then he got drafted high because he wanted to get his elbow right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Clay <laughs> Matthews, another guy, right, takes uh-huh. it, falls out. When they get off of it, they're not the same guy, but they know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, it's yeah. been a couple of other guys you see take it. They, they reap the rewards of it, yep. of their numbers they put up, yep. and then they come off of it, then they become yep. average, you know. Yep. And, risk and versus so, reward. Risk reward, versus reward. Right. Get, so get drafted worked. higher. You might yeah. lose some paychecks, but ultimately <laughs> right. you're going to be better off. Better off. Uh, take it as a guy who's been in the league for a few years. Yeah. You get a fat contract. You might contract. lose some paychecks, but yeah, ultimately right. it's going to pay off. Yeah, yeah, No, I so hear those you. Those are okay. kind of the buckets that you find guys in. Okay, I lied. One last question. Because in the NBA, talking with different players and just it's pretty much public knowledge that it's kind of a joke that everybody knows that NBA players smoke weed and they know when they're going to get tested and then they can smoke either before or after that, blah, 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 blah. I've had buddies that have gotten like high banking jobs that know how to get around weed testing. So in terms of the NFL, is there times where players know, okay, I can do this up until this point and then it's out of my system? Do you know when you're getting tested? Yeah, for the most part, they got a window of time, and they've actually shrunk in that window what of weeks? times you can get tested. I want to say, and it's, and they don't test everybody now either. It's it's a it's a randomly drawn test. Before it used to be from training camp. Oh, actually, it was four twenty. They picked four twenty all the way through training camp that you could get tested for. Right. <laughs> That's um, now that window is shrunk. I I don't know off the top of my head that window that they can test you is shrunk. The amount of guys they test is smaller. It's random. And then the test itself, the measurement of threshold has been risen. And so you would have to literally smoke, they say, every single day leading up to the test to get popped down. You would have wow. to be at it. would have to be something wrong with you. Wow. So they still just have it there just because. And what about obsession. during the year? Is it all random? You don't, you don't get tested for marijuana after that time. You only get what tested about, once a year for, for marijuana. But what about for PEDs? That's throughout the entire year at any time. And it's, that's random selected. But that's not really random selected in my mind because every time I've ever had like a great game, especially when I got older and was having great games, I was you got to take a piss. I, I had to go get tested the next day. So they can say it's random, but it's no way in 53 guys that I get tested, you know, six times in a year if it's yeah. random. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so they're monitoring yeah. your performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't say they do. They, they came and said they didn't, but they do. All right. Well, let's get to the football on the field. Uh, this was the first time in my life. So I used to have fights with my dad. God rest his soul. He would always make me turn the TV off when we were eating dinner. There was no TV during dinner. Now, when DVR came, he died 10 years ago. So DVR was like starting to come around. And it was a little bit easier with that because I could just hit pause and then fast forward through the commercials. But when it was just live TV back when we grew up, so that that was a tough pill to swallow. Like, no, you can't watch Barry Sanders. You can't watch Thurman Thomas. Yeah. Uh, But this was the first time in my life. In 37 years, or I mean, maybe when I was a baby and I don't remember, but the first time since I can remember that I didn't watch any football. I took a look at the slate, Zoe, and I said, okay, Steelers-Ravens is the best game. Oh, word? Postponed? Okay, so I had the Texans <laughs> and the Lions and, and the team that doesn't have a name and the Cowboys? I'm straight. I didn't watch any football, Zoe, none. I just spent time with my family. It was actually therapeutic but both games were blowouts if you have any thoughts on the turkey day games go ahead yeah yeah you didn't miss much i actually did post for the washington game so i sat there and watched it all so 
I mean, I enjoyed it because I played. Oh, that's the worst. Hang on, hang on, real quick. I had to do pre and post for the A's, so I know what it's like to kind of do that field or whatever. It's the worst when you have to watch a game that's just awful, and then you have to try (laughs) to make it. You have to try to make it entertaining after. So you had to go. You had to sit through all of that and then recap and have. Well, I guess they won, so at least it was positive, right? Yeah, it was positive. It was easy, and they actually played pretty well. So I mean, it was good for them. And I didn't really watch the first game at all because I was out and about doing stuff for getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, you didn't miss anything there either. Uh, Let's get to the games on Sunday. This was a shocking result. After the Raiders played the Chiefs as good as you can play them after beating them earlier in the year, go against the Falcons' defense that is quite – I mean, people say literally all the time, and it annoys me – literally the worst against the pass. And they lose forty three to six. Not sure if you saw a recap or any. Yeah, it, it, it comes crazy. down to turnovers. I mean, it's turnovers. I mean, they had five turnovers in the game, so they couldn't protect Derek. I mean, most of those were. And he had an interception. I mean, so he had. Well, he, he had lost three, the four, ball, maybe strip. So you you throw that in there, and then you look at what Atlanta Falcons offense put up. They put up three hundred and like 10, 15 yards. So they had all short fields. They couldn't recover. So that's what it come down to. Just not being able to protect Derek. You know, I didn't watch the game for Baden, so they couldn't protect him in the gate offense. Atlanta Falcons. They does have a good offense, a short field, and they put up points on them big time. Hashtag. What is it? I, I always forget it. Bills Nation, Buffalo Mafia, Bills Mafia. What is it? Uh, Man, you can't forget that, man. They might find you and really do something mafia to you. you know what I mean, <laughs> I know. They, after I post the podcast, sometimes I get my mentions slid in. Uh, look, I love Buffalo. I think Buffalo would love me if I ever went out there. But I walked away from this game, though. And I, I, I sometimes I want you to be honest because I feel like you have. Uh, what did my mom used to say? A phrase I, that you. No, rose-colored glasses, rose-colored glasses uh, when it comes to the Bills. But Josh Allen, it felt like he's playing too much hero ball. He's a little bit loose with the rock. Uh, Ultimately, they beat the Chargers 27-17. That's that's who he is. That's what he does. That's what makes him great. I mean, he's still trying to learn to rein it in. Right now, it's not costing him games. So, hey, man, keep balling out, Josh, baby. Keep doing you. Okay. All right. I think it's going to catch up to him, but we'll see. Uh, Titans beat the Colts 45-26 despite – the dominant Henry performance, and despite the fact that they looked great, they still are who I think they are. You and OC have both touched on Tannehill. Yeah. I, I, I think I have more faith in Tannehill than you guys do, but even though all the pieces seem to align, coaching, quarterback, running back, defense, wide receiver, I still I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they might make noise in the playoffs. I just still, I can't see them getting to the Super Bowl or winning it. No, I get you on that. I mean, I think they could possibly, depending on who their matchups are, get to a Super Bowl. But when they get to the Kansas City Chiefs, that's the hard thing. Steelers. Which yeah. Most likely see, unless, you know, the Buffalo Bills find some way to, to get their way in there, depending on what the matchups look like and, and how whoever gets to that NFC Championship game. Because... The Bills haven't played the run that well this year. And you got a monster like Henry, so anything can happen in that type of game. And so you look at how do you neutralize Henry. You have to put up a significant amount of points and make them feel like they have to come out of their running game. And so that's the issue when they face a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the the Chiefs. Chiefs. They can put up a significant amount of points fairly quickly. I mean, the Bills can do it too. But I think those teams right now are doing it at a higher rep. And so that's going to be a hard thing if they – but they're going to be a hard team to beat. Do you have, because I think everybody would say the Chiefs are the number one team in the AFC. I think most people would say Pittsburgh, I mean, the Chiefs have lost. Pittsburgh Steelers right. have not. So I think most people would have the Steelers at number two, as you said. But do you have the Titans as a clear three? Or do you think that the Bills or, I mean, the Raiders took a step back. Uh, the Colts obviously lost to the Titans. But do you have the Titans as the clear three? Or do you think that it, you can make an argument for the Bills and other teams? Yeah, I think you can maybe make an argument. I mean, I think just the way they run the ball and the way the defense is playing right now, I mean, you have to put them at number three. Because I think that's going to be very viable. As, as the weather gets worse, when you got a monster like Derrick Henry and what he's been able to do, so I'm going to put them right there. And I think they beat – they did beat them. They did beat the Bills. So, and they had the head-to-head matchup. So, I'm gonna go with a clear number three with the Titans right now. Yeah, it's crazy the Henry factor. I mean, we talked about on previous podcasts just like the amount of wearing down that it does to you over the course of the game. And I saw some uh, NFL insiders talking about how. They had anonymous sources of players who have said, like, when they see him coming, like they don't even want to tackle him. I mean, he's and it not what only is me? he 
<laughs> I know. But <laughs> not only is he huge, but he's fast too. So uh, yeah, I, no, he's I, a monster, man. I mean, you uh, get to that again, second level, a lot of DBs getting out the way. No, I know. And and they're a formidable team, but I just there's something about me. Uh, I, I've been saying it all year. I just don't trust them. And I think I'll be saying that I'm right when they lose in either the first round or the second round or the third round or whatever. There's just something about them. I don't know oh, why. So you're just going to give yourself all that leeway first, second, third. <laughs> well, I'm just four. saying. They yes, lose in a Super Bowl. I'm yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. If they don't. They were. They were. <laughs> if they don't hoist the Lombardi, then I'm going to say that I was right. Uh, let's right. move on to the team that you say is not near and dear to you, even though it is in the state that you live, Arizona. Patriots beat the Cardinals 20-17. to I walked away from that game less worried about the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are fine. I think they're going to be in the mix. They probably lost their chance of winning the division with the Rams and the Seahawks. But I, I walked away less worried about them. I'm just more impressed with the Patriots and all they've dealt with, with the COVID week nightmare that they had bringing in Cam Newton after losing Tom Brady and just showing pride because I thought at one point in this season, Zoe, I thought even though it's Bill Belichick, who people will argue is the greatest head coach of all time. And even though it's Cam Newton, who's a former MVP and is obviously has a lot of pride. Also, I thought there was a point where they were just going to pack this in, but they're fighting every week as if they're playoff eligible. And technically yeah, yeah. they are at five and six now. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was never a doubt in my mind what type of team they would be as far as how they would compete on the field. I, you know, your record's your record, but the culture mm-hmm. that they've established over the last 20 years is a championship caliber culture. I mean, they, you don't win six Super Bowls, go to nine championship games just because you have a great talent, just because you have, you know, the best quarterback to play the game and, and Belichick, probably the best coach ever. You just don't do that just because of that. It's because of the culture and the other guys that are out there with them, too. And so I knew they would always be prepared, always going to have great game plans, always going to be where they need to be, always going to be competitive. Now, obviously, talent comes into issue because now you have, you know, they had five guys opt out, lose time. And so there's a transition period they need to go through in, in that regard. And so that, that's why they are what they are record-wise right now. And then you throw COVID on top of that. But I knew they were going to be well-coached, knew they were going to always show up and compete. And if you can do that and do mistake-free football, which Belichick is known for, and make the other team beat you and not make mistakes or force them into mistakes, you're going to win a lot of games in the league because a lot of teams beat themselves. And that's one thing the Patriots have never done. And that's why they're able to come out there and execute and they come down to special teams where you have one field goal kicker not able to be clutch and make his kick, and you have another <laughs> yeah. one that does. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's simple. Yeah. He did, they didn't make the mistakes while the Cardinals did when the game was on the line. Yeah, it just makes me wonder, and it goes back to a conversation that we had weeks ago about, you know, coaches can look really good when they've got a ton of talent, and they can look really bad when they have none. But let's not get it twisted. While I do think that I would rather have the best quarterback and the best wide receiver and the best offensive line and the best defensive line and et cetera, et cetera, um, it's not to discount what coaching can do because I'm sure in your 15 years, Zoe, that you were on teams that you knew if the organization and the coaching was better, could have had a better record. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams where it was worse and you guys were worse off because it does make a difference. The Patriots, as far as I'm concerned, based on their talent and what they've gone through or whatever, should not be five and six. The, the five and six has a lot more to do with the coaching, in my opinion, than the talent on the field. Yeah, and that just goes like to what we just talked about, the culture and this, the game planning and making sure guys are just in the right place and have great technique. Yeah, well, I, and that'll lead me to my next point. I just want to gloss over really quickly. Not much for me to say about the Dolphins beating the Jets. Everybody beats the Jets. I miss Tua. Fitzpatrick should be, you know, his nickname is, I don't, I might be the first one to say this. No, I didn't steal it from anybody consciously. So if I, if this is stolen, I apologize to whoever said it first. I think I might be the first to say it. It should not be Fitzmagic. It should be Fitz tragic. I cannot stand the guy. I mean, he's a great backup, whatever, but I miss Tua. He's just – they won that game because of their defense, 20-3. to three. And that's all I'll say I mean, that's about how, my Dolphins because yeah, no one else they, cares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how they've been winning all the games this year. When the defense is, hasn't been able to, to produce any big-time plays is probably when they find themselves on 
the loser end of the stick. But yeah. when they defense plays the way they do in their special teams, they're a formidable team. Very similar to when the what were the Bears five and zero or something or five and one, and I said they were the worst five and one team ever. And I think they've lost right. five straight. I, I I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I feel the same way about the Browns. They beat the Jaguars twenty seven to twenty five. They moved to eight and three, which is incredible to me, but I don't think is indicative of. They're actually <laughs> but if you want to weigh in on that, you can go ahead. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I haven't watched enough Cleveland this year to even really give you a, a real assessment. That is another team. I don't, I mean, like you say, I mean, I believe more in the Titans than I would say I even think about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And they and have the, the and same the record. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. they may have the same record, right? So that's, I just don't trust Baker. I don't trust the organization quite yet, just based on the last 15 years. Yeah, well, not only that, they just, I mean, they're winning, but they're not winning in a way that tells you, oh, they're a good team. I mean, oh, they, yeah, well, they, Nick Chubb, I mean, they cream hunter monsters now. That's let's true. Not, that's yeah, true. Yeah, let's not gloss. So I just don't know. And Landry, I love Landry's motor. I I, I love a lot. I, I I love some about them, I should say. Right. But but it's just, yeah, another team that I don't trust. But eight and three, I, I looked up, I'm like, damn, the Browns are eight and three. Uh, we touched on the Saints and the Broncos. The Niners beat, speaking of pride, the Niners beating the Rams, a lost season, because let's just put it on the table right now. The Niners are not making the playoffs, but they fight. They go to L.A., and Kyle Shanahan, God bless him, he has made no excuses about the litany of injuries that they've had, and those guys go out there, and they fight, and they win the game 23-20. to Bigger loss for the Rams than it was a win for the Niners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I even looked at it. it, it that game may have put the Rams – on the outside looking in too, just like the Cardinals lost. So when you look at what the yeah, when you look at Seattle Seahawks record, you know, they're sitting at eight and three and mm-hmm. they still play, I believe, the Jets. Oh the no, Giants. no, 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 Zo, Zo. They play the entire NFC East. Yes. No, they play a three. They play, play all yeah, three, three. I yeah, think three. Yeah. 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 So I want to say the Jets, the Giants, and Washington. So I, I don't I mean, right there, they have to lose times or three more times technically and with the re- who they have left i just don't see them doing that yeah. to allow these other teams to be able to then have to win out or to get get themselves back into a place to win it so seattle i think is gonna win that division based on this past weekend yeah i mean i it, it's definitely their division to lose and i can't see them with pete carroll and russell wilson and metcalf the beast back, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. who i like to call clyde carson just because he's a bay area rapper uh, i can't see them giving that up over their you know the course of the next few weeks right. but before we get to the main game that i want to end on do you have any thoughts on the packers aaron Rodgers looks amazing again and the seahawks and the eagles the eagles I think they got to blow everything up. I know Peterson was the first coach to win them a Super Bowl ever, and uh, Carson Wentz was a guy who was having an MVP season and got a fat contract. But I would remove everything: GM, coach, quarterback. And right. in terms in terms of the Packers, well, that was just the, that was just another that. ball out. I mean, same thing. Same thing in Chicago. You got to get rid of Nagy and Trubisky and the GM. I mean, I if I'm Chicago or it's easy to do with Chicago because they didn't they didn't they didn't pay Trubisky. They they paid Carson Wentz. And mm-hmm. so you can't just blow that thing up knowing what the salary cap is gonna be. You think year. anybody would trade you? Ah, uh, you may have some buyers, maybe, but with this season that he's just had, I don't see it. Somebody would have to be like in a hardship and well, you wouldn't they don't much, have you wouldn't get much though, but what if you just did it, even if you got like a fifth rounder? You just did it to get yeah, his contract you, off the book. Yeah, that's the issue, though. Who's going to pick his contract up knowing in a COVID year, not knowing really what he's going to give and what team is in a position if you add him and his contract that now you are contenders? Because that's the only reason why you would do it with yeah. that contract, right? Yeah. So I don't know if there's a team out there with that mindset. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, let's get to the game that I really want to get into. We talked um, a while ago about – I basically, I asked you how important is it for the chemistry between a coach and a quarterback, and I was speaking about the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur, and you were telling me very important. Like, it makes a big difference, so I'm not surprised in how much better they look and how much, you know, the continuity has resulted in the field. And I bring that up, Zoe, because I think this applies to Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, and they lose to the Chiefs 27-24, to the game was not as close as that. The Buccaneers scored 14 in the fourth quarter. But I walked away from that thinking, man, you know, LaFleur and Rodgers are on the same page. 
I think the same thing you could say about Murray in Arizona, and you could say the same thing about Mahomes and Andy Reid, but Bruce Arians and Tom Brady do not seem to be anywhere on the same page. What did you make of that game, which yeah. I, I, I think could be a Super Bowl preview still, even though the Buccaneers fall to 7-5. Right. and five. I mean, if, if the Bucs are able to put it together consistently on both ends, uh, I mean, they, they definitely can beat anybody in this league. And I would probably agree with that, and it's because there's probably a difference in style of play, you know. You know, just kind of listening to some other commentary, just thinking about how you think traditionally Tom Brady is one, especially over these last, you know, four to five years with just kind of methodically moving the ball down the field. And then you think about Bruce Arians, where his, his theme is, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, meaning if you don't go down the field, these big chunk yards, yep. what he likes to see. So I think right now there's just some continuity as far as how they move forward. That's like a bridge. And so they're just trying to figure that out. You know, each of them are, have had success. Obviously, Tom Brady's had way more, but Bruce Arians is a, a coordinator and, and he's the head coach and he yeah. wants his way too and he's stubborn. So yeah. trying to figure out what that good mesh point is. And when you lose, all of that stuff just gets <laughs> even more to the top, right? You know, yep, and so yep. I think the issue is there. I don't know. I don't think it's as big as what people may say it is because losing intensifies things and people want to look at it and say, why aren't you doing it with all this talent around you? And so they just have to continue to develop because each time Tom Brady's go off season, have all these pieces, Mike Evans gets hurt. I'm, I'm just talking, not making excuses. So you have, you're trying to figure out how you use him, how to use good Godwin. How do you use, you know, the first couple of weeks, Gronk wasn't playing that well either. He had to get his feel into it. And then now you insert an elite receiver in AB. Now, how do you use him? And so you sometimes you can have too much. You know, you're trying to figure out how to do all these things and can't do one or two things really well. And so I think they're trying to figure out how do we incorporate all these guys that all have a great skill set and have the ability to help us be explosive because I can't go to AB 15 times a game and then and Mike Evans, you know, five times a game. I mean, it just doesn't and Jones, yeah, yeah, works. Yeah. Where like where Tom Brady was in the Patriots, they didn't really have an elite receiver. He would go to everybody and nobody really cared. Unless when he had like a Randy Moss and they set the single season touchdown record and all these yards, right? So it's different when you have an elite receivers and you're trying to feed everybody. And so they're still trying to find that mesh point. And they just haven't been able to find it quite yet. And you can see it when they lose. They struggle and, and try to do that. Yeah, you took my take. I was going to say, Brady's not used to having all these weapons. The one time he did is when he had Randy Moss and they set right. crazy records, like you said. Right. But for the most, for the majority of his 20 years in the league, he's been dealing with Wes Welkers and Julian Edelmans and guys that are, you know, Burkheads and, you know, not like he's got the all these guys. They yeah. do college guys. Yeah. They don't really care. Hey, man, we just want to win, baby. Give me the ball. Oh, okay, yeah. you give him the ball. Oh, we all win it. You know? That's yeah. Yeah. And Arians is probably looking at this like, I'm this offensive mind, and I've got all these pieces. And Brady's like, well, I haven't been really doing that in my whole career. And so it's not meshing. But it just – it. when I was watching that game, I thought about our conversation about the chemistry and the synergy between a coach and a quarterback. Because LaFleur, I remember – Matt, uh, I remember Aaron Rodgers having press conferences where he had to address whether or not he was having problems with his head coach. And he was saying, look, we're on the same page. We're just trying to get this right or whatever. But the results were not on the field. You flash to now, and their offense looks great now. And so I'm just wondering, everybody wants you know instant gratification, right? right, but, right, right. but Aaron's and Brady might need a year before they can get on the same page. All these guys might need a year before they can get on the page. And the chemistry actually is put out on the field. I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, nice recap. Nice talking with you, as always, at One Man Gang 97 on Twitter. I'm at Zach Sports, Z-A-K Sports. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, Two Zs and O-C. Everywhere you can get your podcast. Until next week, I'll talk to you, Pimpin'. All right, later. Holla. Two 
Z's and OZ. Welcome to the breakdown. This is where the game found. Analytics first down. And a few inches. Your players on the benches. The coaches start to huddle when you need a thirst quencher. OZ throwing hands. One a million in the squad. Lorenzo hit the league. 15 years on the job. Made the Pro Bowl twice. Your boy go nice. Zachariah on the fadeaway. Represent the day-to-day struggle in the grind. Keep the hustle on your mind. We ballin' on the court. Read the signs of our times. Whether cultural or politic. Chopping up the lotto pit. Get it poppin' partner when we weaving in and out of it. It's on topic in sync. Tell you what we think. Let the thoughts link. Let the truth sink. Yeah, yeah. Let the thoughts link. Yeah, yeah. Let the truth sink. Welcome to the breakdown. This is where the game found analytics first. Two Z's and OC. Welcome to the breakdown. This is where the game found analytics first down. First down.